so anyway, so I'm in line to like check in with the MRI, and you know we've got our masks on, and there's the stickers on the floor, six feet apart. You know that the whole the whole yeah, yeah. rigmarole. And what'd you I'm, call it? Rigmarole. Uh, that's not actually the word. What's the word? Rigmarole. Rigmarole. That is the word. Look it up. It is not rigmarole. <laughs> rigmarole. You you just hang out with your son and start to talk like a preschooler. <laughs> I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Don and David get a little saucy, so be forewarned, your sensitivity is not their problem. The Literate Apecast is for people who can handle both their liquor and their gag reflex. Well, hello. So, we were talking earlier, and you said that the difference between pre-pandemic and current and pandemic casino management is that you you prefer pre-pandemic. Well, pre-pandemic was obviously because because I was actually dealing with players, and I was you know it it was the upside of customer service where really what I was doing was being a casino casino manager, manager. and And, now you are. I'm a fucking kindergarten cop for a bunch of assholes who don't want to wear fucking masks. Oh my god! I would god. even say you're not even kindergarten. You're you're a preschool teacher. It's ridiculous, man. I had a guy. Did you I had a guy okay, it? so I've got I've got a guy. This is, this is last week. The guy fucking he's sitting there and basically he's got what looks like a tiny little Superman cape. It's like it's like a just a piece of cloth with a soup. It's red and it's got the Superman logo, yeah. right? And a rubber band that is around his head and holding it over his nose, so it's like a veil over his face. And so I walk over and I said, uh, "I said, yes, yeah, sir. That's not going to work. That's that's not OSHA approved." Uh, he said, I, I, can get, <laughs> "I said I can get you regular." He says, "I'm having a bad day, and no other casinos had any problems. Um, you, me using this." I said, "Well, well then go then to you those casinos." Well, that's what I said. I said, <laughs> "Then you know exactly where you can go and gamble with that." I said, "Because yeah. you cannot wear your Superman cape on your face." <laughs> In my casino, you're going to have to wear a mask. And he got so pissed off and then stormed out. And the funny thing is, is what I love about, right, at least Nevada, when it comes to casinos, is, you know, he shut down the, the bars and all this kind of stuff. And he's been kind of punishing everybody for the sins of the few sort of thing. Right. Well, he's hired 100 compliance ambassadors. And these compliance ambassadors, he's going to punish the ones. And I love the way he said it. He was like, the time for education is over. Okay? Okay. You know, where, I mean, basically it was the effective thing is wear your motherfucking mask, you ridiculous assholes. Yep. That he said, basically, if you're doing the job, if, if, you know, there are businesses that are doing a very fine job of complying with the, the face covering mandate and the social distancing and the disinfecting and all the fucking bullshit. Yeah. And then there are others that are just flouting the law. So I'm going to shut those fuckers down and the ones that are following the rules will get to do regular business. And I said, ah, fucking A. Did you hear about the Arizona woman, uh, Ryan Live- Lively? Reen Lively? I don't know how to say her. Oh, her where she freak, freaked out in the Target? She, she's in the Target. Yeah, she freaks yeah. out. She tears down. She goes, fuck this shit. Don't fuck this, this shit. shit. Fuck. Yeah. And so I, apparently today or yesterday or... Just today. Whatever it was, yeah. Whatever, when we're recording. Uh, yeah. She's come out. Her, 
She's come out. I love her excuse. I oh my god, her. I love her. Let me see if I can find the quote. I think mental illness has really been something that has not been addressed as a result of this pandemic. She said, because what happened to me was scary, and it changed my life forever. I've had, I felt I had absolutely no control over my actions. Okay, a couple things. First of all, what happened to her is... What a crock of shit! Well, hang a on. Couple so, of things. first of all, what happened to her is... Oh, she's this God. PR... She's this, she runs she, this PR company. All of her clients a, fired her. All of oh, them. Oh, yeah. And, and her, her husband, husband filed for divorce. Filed for divorce, yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm all for mental... Like, I'm, yay, everybody have mental illness. I'm all for it. No, but like... Mental illness is a thing, and it's an important thing that should be discussed and treated appropriately and addressed appropriately. But there's a difference between mental illness and being stressed and then cracking and becoming a fucking asshole. That's no, not a mental dude, illness. That's she just didn't being crack. an asshole. Well, the thing is, if you read her response, there's a couple. As she gets like later on, keep reading to the bottom of her response because all of a sudden it's like, it starts with mental illness, mental illness. And then it gets to, I just didn't like the masks. You know, I mean, it really boils down to she's full of shit. She's an asshole. And, she, and she's obviously not a very good PR person. Right. If she, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, maybe she had a lot of clients because she's really cute. You see her picture? She's good looking. Eh, but she's she's kinda, all right. She's I mean, blonde. She's, she's blonde with a lot of makeup. That's that picture. Yeah, I mean, she's, I, no, she's whatever. Bl- she's blonde with dark eyebrows, which I just think sexy. So what are you going to do? Yeah, she looks like Emily Giffen, which doesn't really do it for me. She looks, that doesn't. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. Anyway, all I'm saying is the only reason that she had clients is because she's a fucking douche. Yeah. And 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 she's cute, and that's about it. And Because she, she's obviously not a very good PR person. No, not if at she, all. Because the thing is, it's not like she just freaked out and like tore up a fucking mask display. She filmed. And she, she filmed herself doing it. She filmed herself. It's not like some asshole filmed her doing it right. and outed her. Right. She canceled herself. Self, yeah. She called herself <laughs> out by. And I don't know what she was thinking. It's like all the people you know that hate masks would say, oh, yay for you. But no, she lost all her clients and her husband divorced her. It's like, Jesus Christ. You, you know what You know, You know? know what Harikari is, right? Yeah. The, the Japanese yeah. suicide of yeah, shame. This, yep. was, uh, <clears throat> this was a uh, Hari Karen. I was in a – I had to get an MRI and I had a meeting with a, a Yeah, what is this MRI shit? What yeah, is that so, all about? What the fuck? Well, so here's some background on – yeah, why I was, why I witnessed what I witnessed this morning. Uh, another freak out. But yeah, so back in February, I had just gotten a haircut and I'm walking down the hallway of our apartment and Katie's behind me. And after she got done complimenting my ass, she said, What is that fucking dent in the back of your head? And I said, I, what? I was I, born this way. I don't know. So like I felt the back of my head and yeah, like there's this, this little dip in the, like back of my skull. Yeah, you got a dent. Yeah, it's a, everybody's got that kind of shit. I've never noticed it. I've never not noticed it. It's just, I, I, I don't know. So she gets really concerned and she starts Googling things as she does. So, you know, I've got, according to Katie, this is back in February, according to Katie, you know, yeah. my I have osteoporosis, my bones are disintegrating, I have all these things. So she demands that I make an appointment with my doctor. And I'm not opposed to following up on shit. Like if something is different you notice a change in your body follow through because it could be the beginning of something else like that was the hard sure. lesson i learned with my skin cancer so make it a point with my doctor and we both go there and 
doctor's like, yeah, it's probably nothing, but let's let's book you with the neurosci uh, the neuro the um, the brain surgeon. You know. The, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Just just to make sure. Let's just okay, cool. Let's just take a look at your brain. So in March, I this was right after. No, let's see. I had I had the MRI in March, and this was right as COVID was like really happening. So like I remember filling things out with a pen and like giving it back to the woman and be like, you're going to disinfect this, right? Because there's something weird going on. She goes, oh yeah, we got this. So anyway, had the MRI and I ended up not being able to meet with that doctor, with Dr. Tate over at Northwestern because of COVID. So I had a phone conversation with him and he said, yeah, looking at the CT scan, it wasn't an MRI, it was a CT scan. Um, You've got a small lesion. It's probably nothing. You're not experiencing any symptoms. It's not even in your skull. Like it's just like your scalp basically so wait a minute so basically you have a lesion that caused a dent because a lesion would cause a bump but not a dent it's that makes no sense at all well it's like it's like a dip he's not at the time back in march he wasn't sure what it was it was just like an abnormality like what do you get nothing to worry about you get a sinkhole in your skull basically yeah it's just kind of like a little uh it's a a lesion that eats it's a lesion that eats itself so that there's yeah. less lesion or less flesh or less skull and more I mean, it's, it's, more lesion. It's like it's like it's the leprosy that, of but, brain. But lesion it's like a, is it's what like he skull used leprosy back in March. Uh, so anyway, so you I get do my skull follow-up. leprosy. Okay, I do All my right. follow up today, and I'm there at six in the morning um, or six thirty in the morning, and I'll just skip to like. First of all, I'm fine. So I do the MRI with the uh, you know we get the contrast, and then I meet with Doctor Tate later in the day. And he's running through everything. He goes, yeah, everything's fine. Basically, there's a vein. You know, you have all these veins in your head. And I've got one vein in the back of my head that's just a little larger than the others. It's not like a varicose vein. It's, I it's not causing I still don't know problem. how that's causing a dent. I well, still don't get the physics how, of this, man. Because when I was born, or when, I, when my mother was making me in her tummy, it's just the way that, like, this, this vein kind of like you? 41. You're 41, and you use the concept that your mother made you in her tummy. You just you're spending yeah. way too much time with your fucking son, because man, that is some. What do you? What? How else would you explain it? You're not in her tummy, dumbass. You're in her ovaries. Oh, I'm in her ovaries. You're not in her tummy. You're not in her stomach. Okay, I was gonna take a joke about my idiocy of babies come from mommy's tummies. But the fact that you said I was in her ovaries, we well, need to were address in, that. You were not in her stomach, is my point. Well, I sure as fuck wasn't in her ovaries. That's where that's where you started in the fallopian tubes. That's where the baby is started. I, I th- no, no. It's not I like can't. she ate. It's not like she ate sperm and it found some purchase in her stomach, the, and then all of a sudden, like a bean, like a leftover piece of corn, and it just went. The sperm went right into the corn after no, she sucked that. off a blowjob, and it went into the I, thing. It's not a tummy. I know Jesus. it's not a tummy, but sh- I, sh- I wasn't born on her. Fall- I didn't start in her fallopian tubes. That's a problematic pregnancy. Usually, those pregnancies don't last long. I was in her uterus. The egg is released from the ovaries. It travels yeah. through the fallopian tube. The sperm meets it. Hey, right you know what? You know what? I said ovaries. I meant uterus. But you know what? I'm still closer than tummy. Well, so. I was trying to be cute. 
Yeah, I think you'll, I think you're you just know, being sexist. You, know, you don't understand a woman's ador- reproductive system. You know, nothing's more adorable than a fucking grown man speaking like he's two. All right, well that does it. I'm changing my will. You're not getting hairy when when Katie and I kill ourselves. No, That's, I'm getting hairy. Nope. No, I'm I'm getting hairy because I'm going to grow him up to be a fucking man. We don't need any more white men, Don. Yeah, we do need you some need more to fucking raise white him men. As a black woman who's half Asian and half Republican lizard person, my brain is fine. The point <laughs> is that this this thing when when I was like before when I, when I was forming in my mother's uterus, um, just abnormalities happen. It's not wrong. It's just not. Like I just have an ugly head. Is basically the prognosis but, is I so have wait an a ugly so this, head. So you've always had this dent. Uh, probably we don't have any scans to go back so and then, look. But so then, most likely yes. So because you just noticed you had this dent that has nothing to do with this lesion fat vein that you've got. Well, they're they're related. It's basically the the the, the skull formed around. So you've always got you've always had this fat vein. Yeah. And I've always had this fat dick. All right. Da, 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 da. I knew you were going there. So I, knew, anyway, I, I so figured I'd let you go there. I'm, I, yeah. I'm fine. Um, it's abnormal. There's nothing wrong with me. I just have a... I, I'm so thankful that I'm not bald because my skull is not attractive. Basically, that's the prognosis. I have an well, ugly that's why head. I don't shit. that's why I don't shave my head because I've got a pinhead. Yeah, I mean, I, I shaved my I mean, head I in high school and I basically have a pinhead. That's Well, that's why I wore my ball cap for years, because I shaved my head in college and realized, oh, fuck, I look like something you'd pay 25 cents to see behind a cage. Yep. Yep. Let me just wear a ball cap. And then I wore it so often when I was in Chicago, just before we met, but uh, when I started at WBEZ, I was wearing my ball cap every single day. Yeah. And I didn't even think about it. And then one day, like a year into working there, I came in without a ball cap, and people freaked out because they just the assumed I was bald. What well, assumed I was bald? Yeah, they couldn't believe I had fucking hair. You have great because, hair. Yeah, I got gray hair, but it's but I was wearing a bald cap every day, yeah. so nobody knew. Everybody just thought I was bald underneath the ball cap. Why were you? Hi- but you were hiding. You have a beautiful head of hair. Like your hair is. I just wore a ball cap because I got used to wearing it because I wore it because I had a bad shaved head. Yeah. You know, uh, so anyway, so I'm in line to like check in with the MRI, and you know we've got our masks on, and there's the stickers on the floor, six feet apart. You know that the whole the whole yeah, yeah. rigmarole. And what'd you I'm, call it? Rigmarole. Uh, that's not actually the word. What's the word? Rigmarole. Rigmarole. That is the word. Look it up. It is not rigmarole. <laughs> rigmarole. You you just hang out with your son and start to talk like a preschooler. <laughs> my when my mommy made me my tummy and the rigmarole. It's rigmarole. Well, okay, fine. The whole rigmarole of birthing babies in ovary sacks. <laughs> Fucking Jesus. <laughs> Did we both graduate from college? Because we sound like a bunch of idiots today. <laughs> you, well, you know, I, I don't think it's uh, it's a surprise. The island, doc, doctor, the island of Doctor Rigamoreau. What is that? <laughs> the island of Doctor Moreau. Doctor Rigamoreau. Sure, Rigamoreau. That's the version with uh, fucking what's his name? <laughs> what's his fucking name? Marlon Brando, the giant fat Marlon Brando. Yeah. 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 Because it was made earlier than that. Hey, what's Marlon? And Brando's- it was written by. And it was written along. What? What's, what's Marlon? Ma- what's? 
Oh, what's Marlon? What's Marlon Brando's favorite <laughs> beer? Stella. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to think about it for a second. Hey, him a high five. Right on. There you go. Rock All and right, roll. All right. So I'm in line to check in for the MRI this morning. Okay. And there's two guys behind me, and then this old couple, uh, an older man and his wife in a wheelchair, come in, and he comes in behind me. He goes. And he's an immigrant of some sort because he's got this accent, and I'm not doing it accurately, so forgive me. But he goes, can we please go? I, I, we have 7 o'clock appointment. We have to go. Can we come in? And I go, uh, I have a 6.45 appointment, but uh, okay. Like, I could tell that he was just kind of out of it and well, like an you know, old because, because those losing his shit. Because those immigrants that somehow speak like, Inspector Clouseau from the Pink Panther movies uh, usually are kind of stupid. Yeah, well, that's what I'm getting at, is that the moral of the story is that immigrants are bad for hospitals. No. Um, <laughs> well, no, and I, I, I call it that he's an immigrant because in a moment, it got really funny because of his accent. So he, like, pushes through, and I look at the other two guys, and they're looking at me through the masks. And this is what's great about the masks, is that there's no, you can't see a smile, you can't see a yeah, grin no or a grimace. Or yeah. It's just, we have to read each other's eyes, you know? So... And the, the three of us are just kind of looking at each other like, whatever, man, let this crazy old fucking coot go. It's fine, you know. So he gets up there, like he pushes through and he goes up to registration. And this woman who had just gotten there to start logging on her to computer, it's not even seven in the morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he goes, we have seven o'clock appointment. We need to check in. And he starts just. And now he's rushing. Okay. Losing his shit. Yeah, I, I'm all over the place with this guy. Yeah, yeah, I don't I'm know exactly what it was. You. And uh, she goes, sir, you, my computer isn't, is starting up right now. I don't, and there's a line. You need to go back to the line. These people were here before you. He goes, no, we were here seven o'clock appointment. Ah, and just starts screaming this shit. And, and she's trying to be cool, but he's losing his fucking mind. And he's got this water bottle and he sets it down on, on the counter and he goes, fine, we will leave. You're a terrible person. Fuck you. Fuck you, this woman. <laughs> Fuck you. Which made me laugh. And I look back at the other two guys, and they're laughing. As he's coming back with his wife in a wheelchair, I'm assuming it's his wife, screaming, Fuck you. This woman is horrible. Fuck you. And his wife is going, Shh. Shh. Like trying to calm an upset baby. And then the woman at the counter is going, sir, you need to get your water bottle. Fuck the water bottle! (laughs) (laughs) So I get up. Somebody comes and moves the water bottle. I get up there and I check in. And then he gets, you know, he he goes. And he goes, where the fuck is my water bottle? (laughs) And she's like, it's over there. It was just this whole fucking thing. So then I go for my MRI and... That was it. Was fine. It was great. Took a little nap. So you mean the guy? The guy got back in line. He didn't just leave. Oh no, he gets back in line and he says to the guy behind me, "I'm behind you." And the other guy who was actually you behind mean after him, all this fuck you, fuck you, fuck you? They didn't just tell him to go hit pound sand, get out on the fucking no. street, you crazy son of a bitch. No, because because these people are trained to deal with assholes. You know, and they're dealing Dude, with assholes who are I'm a casino because- manager. I'm a casino manager, and I'm trained to deal with assholes. And if somebody starts screaming, fuck you, I'm walking their happy ass out and kicking them off the goddamn property. Yeah, but these people aren't aren't in your pro- in your property to uh, find out if they're dying of a brain tumor. Yeah, exactly. So it might be even more important not to be a complete douchebag hey, at the that, hospital. Hey, I know that, But, you know, 
Immigrant. No. I look, I don't know. <laughs> fucking old people. I don't know. Let's go with uh, that. Man, Immigrants are great. Old people are terrible. I'm sorry when you train. I wrote a piece about this in The Ape that I've actually had people from. I, I had somebody from. Uh, shit, man. It was like a Florida college of. Like it was a. It was like a service industry college that they yeah. emailed me and they emailed me and asked me if they could use it for their class because it was basically how not to take shit you know how to train people to be more civil when they're dealing with customer service stuff that the customer yeah. that that you are in control they are not in control they want something from you yeah so so you don't have to take shit and chew on it for ten dollars an hour you could actually and you don't have to be a dick about it but you can be i mean like one of my suggestions was don't take the abuse that doesn't mean you have to give the abuse never meet hostility with more hostility right walk away and the example i gave was this guy's like fucking goddamn fucking i turned i said hold on could, excuse me hold on i'll be right back <laughs> and i went over and i found a, an empty beer bottle and i went and i threw it in the trash and then i came back to him I said, so what is it I can do for you? Motherfucking God. I said, hold on just one second. <laughs> and I walked over and I found one of my regular players and I chatted him up for a few minutes. Yeah. And then I came back and he starts to say mother. He starts to go, motherfucker. And I put my hand up like I'm going to say it again. And he stops and he knows the game. And he goes, okay, I'm sorry. But I put $20 in this machine and it didn't register. <laughs> oh, okay, no problem. Let me fix uh -huh. that for you. You train people how to yeah. treat you. And uh, and so that's what I, I look at somebody that deals with a, fuck you. I'm well, sorry. And here's the thing. They have, they have the walk upper the hand walk. and utter control because the woman yeah. at the, at the check-in desk yeah. can say to all of the technicians and the nurses, this guy's been an asshole. Let's make him wait. Let's... Yeah. Let's drag this out because he's going to get yeah, pissed you, and more you, pissed and more pissed. Okay, could you pee in a cup? That's why. Could you pee in a cup? He pees in a cup. You know, okay, we lost that. So mm -hmm. could you pee in a cup again? What he fuck? Oh, I need all my pee is gone. Give me my water bottle. God damn it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that. Then, you know. So the wonderful gay man. Then so I've. I have my I have my MRI. All right, wonderful game man is where it's coming. This is where we're headed. I've got some time to kill, so I go and I get some work done. I have some meetings, then I go and meet with Dr. Tate. He tells me everything's great. Everything's great with Dr. Tate. Why? I don't know why I. Okay. You know, it's because you're used to talking to a two-year-old. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Because Harry sound like it. Harry would love that joke. Yes, he would. That wasn't a joke. I know. I don't know what the. Would love that rhyme. I don't know. Whatever. Um, so my with Dr. Tate, I check out, and the guy working in Dr. Tate's office is how how to best describe him. He is dressed the nicest nautical gay man from the nineties is what you wrote. There you go in the text. Yep. So he's wearing a white linen shirt and khaki pants, and okay. his belt is a it looks like a brooks brothers tie like it's like blue and green diagonal stripes but it's like a, a d-ring belt um okay. and then he's got this this like pastel checkered like bow tie um and he's very tan and he's got all these bracelets one of them says cape cod on it and others are like you know they look just very nautical and like you know like line line bracelets yeah. and um, and then he's got a Ralph Lauren, like American flag, Navy blue sweater with an American flag embroidered on it around yeah. his shoulders, like a 19, like 
late eighties, early nineties. It honest to God, it's like a, a portal opened to like 1997 and he walked out and said, I'm here. I'm queer. Can I have a job? And, but he was the nicest fucking guy. So he scheduled my appointment because I had to do a follow-up appointment for a year from now. So he scheduled the appointment with Dr. Tate and then got on the phone and scheduled my MRI appointment. And they had to ask some questions. So he's like relaying these questions to me and he goes, what's your height and weight? And I said, uh, 5'10", 140. And he goes, oh my God, you're tiny and winks at me. Nice. Yeah. So then he hangs up the phone and we're just kind of chit-chatting about the day and bullshit, you know. And he goes... I used to dance for Joffrey Ballet before we moved to Chicago, and in my prime, I was six foot, 160. I'm nowhere near that now, and you, oh my God, da 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 And it was just like the nicest, but like, yeah. like gayest conversation. <laughs> like, it just, it was, everything about him was so stereotypical, but wonderful, because he was just, he was such a cool dude, yeah. and, and I wanted to ask him, like, oh, do you boat? Because I boat, but I didn't want to, come on to him and also I didn't want him to be like no I don't and be like oh so you're a fucking poser it was I don't know it was a weird moment but I had like a really interesting that was at like 10 this morning so like from 6am to 10 those first you four inspiring, hours inspiring you're inspiring me because Dana Dana finally uh, got a little pissed at me finally um, got pissed at you you feel pissed at me because uh, I haven't actually been to a doctor of any kind uh since I'm not gonna like this. Two thousand and twelve? Come on. Yeah. Not a dentist? Well, I I don't count that as a I got my teeth cleaned once. Jesus Don. Yeah. I don't you like doctors, have, man. You have insurance. You're paying for insurance. Yeah, but I don't like it. But I don't like doctors. They man. don't like you either. Just suck it well, up. Well, there you and go. So go then, why it. would I want to fucking do it? If there's not going to be a gay nautical man from the '90s every time, what's the fucking point? Look, dude, I didn't know there was going to be a gay nautical man there. I'm 54 and I still I took haven't that had a chance. I'm 54 and I still haven't had had a colonoscopy because I don't want to have a dude's fingers up my ass. It's not a finger up your ass. It's a colonoscopy. It's a camera. <laughs> Whatever. I don't want anything up my ass, so I'm not going. So she looked Don. at me. She said, "She said, would you please, would you please, while I'm in Pennsylvania, would you please make, because I have to go to a general practitioner before I can get the colonoscopy right. sort of exam, the colon, whatever it is, colon, colon stuff. It's like, ah, fuck. They're so gonna, now well, I, what they do with the colonoscopy is they check your fallopian tubes for babies. Okay, well, I don't have any babies. You I don't do know that fall- because you haven't been to the doctor to no, check your fallopian, fallopian tubes. tubes. I finger my fallopian tubes pretty regularly, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's, noth- there's nothing in there. Um, not Ew. at all. That's disgusting. Yeah. Hey, you started it, my friend. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I haven't seen it. I haven't, the last time I saw a doctor uh, was uh, in 2012 when they told me I had the strokes. The strokes? Like you had the band? Yeah. I told you about this. So you have a history of what? What did you have as a kid that was supposed to kill you at eight? Spinal meningitis. Spinal meningitis, sp- right? When I was six, and not oh, when six. I was eight. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you are <laughs> fucking Jesus. <laughs> I was six. There's a difference between six and eight. What's two years? When you're six, it's a lot. It's a, a quarter of your fucking life. Yeah, well, I'm not fucking six. That's so. like saying that's like saying you know when you were forty or you know sixty, whatever. 
Yeah, but a lot can... Ah, fuck it. Okay, fine. You're right. Uh, you need... You've got a history of health things. You had spinal meningitis at I have 10. a history... I have a history of, of cataclysmic health things that I fucking survived like goddamn Wolverine, so fuck off. All right, dude. Do you, So do you think that you have a healing factor like Wolverine that you just like... Ah, fuck a doctor. What's he going to tell me? Take Advil? Fuck Advil. My body rejects no, it. I, I heal. No, I think I got, I think I've got really good genetics. That's what I think. I don't think it has anything to do with white privilege. I think it has everything to do with the fact that my mom, who just white had her. Prif- yeah, I know. Uh, it's it, my mom. You just had to throw that in there, didn't you? I had to throw just it in there, man. leave it alone. Uh, never going to happen. Um, but uh, no, my mom, I'll give you a good example. My mom, who's 70 years old or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. 70 years old. Who, when my nephew died, Dana and I went to Kansas during COVID, and Dana broke her leg, broke my mom's leg. <laughs> um, that's the joke, exactly. No, they, because, they went out to walk the dog. Because your mom owed Dana money. No, because Dana, Dana wanted to walk the dog, and yeah. she could let the dog get under my mom's feet. And mom, But she shattered her fucking like, tibia, like yeah. shattered it. I yeah. mean, I saw the picture of the pins and goddamn rods they put in her leg. It's like the fucking Eiffel Tower underneath <laughs> her goddamn skin. It's ridiculous, yeah. the fucking architecture in there. But they said <laughs> that she wouldn't walk, that she wouldn't walk for probably three months. Yeah. My mom's walking six weeks later. That's great. That's how we do. That's where the genetics Good comes genetics in. Good genetics or stubborn go fuck yourself you know, and what Either difference way, whatever does it works. make? No, it doesn't. Whatever, yeah. That's all I'm saying. It makes no difference whatsoever well, at all. But here's the thing, man, is that you should get this stuff checked out just like these annual things. Skin check, your, your general practitioner, eye doctor, twice a year dentist, colonoscopy, I think every year. I don't know how often you have to do that once you hit uh-huh. 50. Once a yeah. year. Just to cover shit because if they catch something, you can fix it before it gets too bad and you won't leave Dana in a lurch alone without anybody to come home to to say look what i found in the dumpster today somebody's yeah. underpants with yeah, a donut in them david david you know it she knows it everybody knows me knows it i'm outliving all you all i'm gonna outlive all of you here here's the other cool thing if that I, I never see another fucking doctor again in the day of my life i'm still gonna outlast all you guys i the, the cool thing about like going into the mri or like you know getting like you know, an IV or anything is I always think about if, if it's, it's, if it's making me nervous, like when I was scared, when I got my surgery for my yeah, skin cancer, yeah. the thing that kept me from freaking out, all kidding aside was this is just like weapon X. It's just weapon X. They're yeah. just going to do some shit to me and I'm going to come out a stronger person. I'm going to come out. So I'm going to come out. If I got, you know, if so I, I go into the MRI cancer, machine and I'm like, shit. weapon X, weapon X. That's how I keep yeah. myself calm. So if you go to the doctor with you and your being Wolverine and all with your great head of hair and your ability to grow a fantastic beard and your longevity and your, your healing factor slash good genetics slash whiteness. Uh, you are weapon X. Just be weapon X, man. Go see the doctor. You're paying for insurance. Be weapon X. Well, you know, it's like, I did this. Like if I got skin, if I suddenly saw like skin cancer on my face or something like that, I just get some bleach. 
I, uh, yeah, see, that's the problem. What is the Bleach story? Let's tell our listeners about the Bleach story again. They've heard the story. They've heard the story. It was stupid. I thought I had uh, athlete's foot <laughs> for a long, long, long time. Turned out that all I really had was just incredibly dry feet. My feet are incredibly dry, but I thought I had athlete's foot and did everything I could until one day I just said, I got to kill this fungus, whatever this fungus is. And so I and so I soaked my fucking feet in bleach, which was not, I mean, I don't know if it was a good idea if it was fungus, but it wasn't fungus. My feet were just dry, which did not help the dryness no. in any way. Shape. Oh, that was bad. Would you say that, that was, it exacerbated the dryness? It, Oh, it was like walking on bloody stumps. Yeah. I suddenly felt like I was in World War II on the fucking island and I'd been marching in my shoes, same fucking shoes with no socks for six weeks through France. Were those shoes day-old shoes? They were day-old shoes, yeah. yeah. Of yeah. course they were. You're bringing, up, you're bringing them all up now. I just, right, yeah. Because it's, it's all Don because Hall of rigmarole. It's all because of rigmarole, right? The, I give you shit about that. Don Hall's feet. <laughs> Let's talk about Perry Mason before we forget to talk about it again. Oh, you know the thing about it is because I'm gonna. It's gonna be. I'm sure it's gonna be in your six things, so we we can we'll, we'll say it. But you know the thing I love about Perry Mason, and and the other night I went into, I, I I'm discovering that I've got, it's and maybe it's uh, it's the COVID quarantine and the world's kind of burning as we watch it and that doom scrolling is happening at every moment and there's something fucking wrong and we're paying attention to all this other shit and doom the world... scrolling yeah what's doom, doom scrolling? scrolling that's where you just go into the news and just like you just look for the worst shit <laughs> and it's pretty easy it's pretty fucking easy because <laughs> everything's bad right now so it's not like you're look you're not looking at like uh, buzzfeed for like oh here are these hysterical mothers in their shoes or some bullshit like that. It's literally here's a whole story about a, a gay nautical man in the 90s. Right. <laughs> what it is, is it's like, oh, Donald Trump did this fucking thing yeah. and the environment is the worst doom it's ever been. Scrolling. And I a, love that. Doom scrolling. Did you, is um, that yours or is that a thing out there that I've missed? I think it's probably just a thing I heard. I'm certain I, I didn't love make it. it up. I love it. But, yeah. uh, but, but, you know, uh, uh, I think, I, like I said, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because I quit Facebook and, and Twitter and I'm kind of in that path. But whatever it is, of late, I have been craving nostalgia. Mm. But not even this, but not even nostalgia. I mean, for it to be nostalgia, you're supposed to have lived through it. I'm not even looking at like nostalgia of my lifetime. Perry Mason, in addition to being incredibly well-written, uh, beautifully shot, great acting, Fun story. I just like to watch them in the old fucking cars, yep. in the old suits, smoking the old cigarettes. Just this, you know, just sort of like that that nineteen thirties vibe that they've recreated. The other day, I uh, I had day off, and so I, I decided. Uh, and and my buddy, uh, one of my well, my bartender, one of my bartenders at uh, at the casino, was like, "Have you?" He's asked me like three times, "Have you seen the Tom Hanks?" Uh, Apple Plus, Apple Plus, uh, uh, Greyhound. What, what, Greyhound, yep. Greyhound. Yep. And I hadn't seen it, but I downloaded it. And so I went, all right. So I, I decided, all right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get some rye whiskey, and I'm going to get some beer chasers, and I'm going to sit on my couch. This is my day off. I have a fucking thing to do, and I'm going to enjoy watching Tom Hanks uh, as a naval officer in charge of a, a, a battleship in 1942. That's mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. 
and I watch this thing and I love it and I'm moved by it yeah. and you know it's like oh and then it was like god I'm kind of in the mood for more World War II because mm-hmm. I kind of missed that not that I was there but it's like I missed like a time where people were together and there was sort of like this like unity war. of purpose. Well, I mean, but th- th- I mean, that's what's so weird about it. But it's like there was a unity of purpose. There was, you know, at least some semblance of a national identity. And yeah, there was, I mean, you know, yes, flawed time. There was still Jim Crow laws. There were a lot of bad things about that time period. But there was something quite lovely and inspiring about sort of like, this unified vision of America. Mm-hmm. And so I watched, uh, then I watched... Well, it was a time when uh, America, all the whole country, all agreed yeah. that fascism is bad. Yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to do this thing. And then I, so I watched uh, Midway. Mm-hmm. The newer, there's an old version of Midway that was made a long time ago, but this was Midway, uh, the one that was made a couple years ago with uh, Patrick Wilson and Woody Harrelson's in it, and yeah. and it, and it's actually a pretty fucking good movie. I mean, it's a war movie. It's obviously a war movie. And then, because at that point, I'm just drunk enough that the end <laughs> that the end of Midway makes me cry. Yeah, because I'm just so overwhelmed with the emotion and the nostalgia. So then I watched what? Saving Private Ryan oh. and bawled. And and kept drinking and bawled like every twenty minutes. I'm just say, weeping out loud, movie. just weeping. Can we yeah, just so, for a moment this the heart? What what is the hardest scene for you in that movie? In oh, Saving Private Ryan, the single hardest scene, and it's 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 the scene that makes I'll it's like I'll never forget it. I feel like I was there. Is when Adam Goldberg is fighting with the Nazi yeah. and then, and then the knife gets ah. turned around and he's like, stop, stop. Yeah. And he's like, he's, it's like, it's like time out. It's like, he's saying time out as he slowly stabs oh, him God. into the fucking heart with Jeremy Davies, just cowering on the stairway with a gun right on the other side of the thing. Cause he's too terrified to do anything. That yeah. is one of the worst. It's the most painful thing. It's so horrifying. It's the scariest thing about that whole fucking movie. It's terrifying. I think that scene encapsulates war as somebody who has yeah. never been to war, but like yeah. you're fighting, fighting for your life. And then you, re- I, I'm just a fucking kid. I don't want to die. Please dude. You don't want to. It, it, it was fuck. like a, they're beating the shit out of each other. They're trying to kill each other. And as soon as he gets the, the Nazi gets the upper hand, it's like, stop time out. Hold on. And it's like, no. And the guy is just sort of whispering to him in German. Yeah. That's so fucking it's wrong. Fucking it's terrible. so fucking wrong. Yeah. That's, that's, but that's and that's not a German thing that's wrong. That's war. That's war. That's, that's war. I mean, it, it, that's, that's, that's flip them around. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, he'd do the same thing to it, but you know. Um, but I, th- I think you're right. I, I'm working I on a piece. Think, oh, I ahead. also think one of the hardest moments in that movie, and it, it is, it is the hardest. It's the biggest transformation, because you know, it's arguably it's all about sort of uh, uh, John Miller trying to. Find his decency, you know. Find yeah. his decency amid all of this carnage. But uh, the Jeremy Davies, the 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 Oppum character, when you know, it's like, oh, oh, say, you know, the the one Nazi, oh, say, can you see? Yeah. Oh, say, can you see? Fuck Hitler, just because he wants to escape. And then he's the guy that ultimately shoots Tom Hanks. Yeah. And Jeremy Davies watches watches him, and then they save, you know, the 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 Panzer strike planes come in and Jeremy Davies comes out with his gun and there's all these Nazis and he sees him and the guy goes hop him and he just fucking shoots him and just the 
that's the transformation that is the hardest to take in that movie. Yeah. Because that is this guy who really wants to be decent, who who simply can't abide all the brutality and has and just is proven his good intentions, his bleeding heart, his good nature. Yeah did not serve him and he it, it was just it's just an awful thing yeah go yeah. ahead sorry well no so I, I i i've been working on a piece for a while for the ape about looking back and uh, and nostalgia because katie gives me a lot of shit about she's like you live too much in the past you 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 romanticize everything you need to think about now you need to think about the future like we're trying to buy a home stop thinking about your house in las vegas think about the home we're going to have and, and I, I i i think she's wrong like i don't romanticize i'm just looking to the past as guidance what have i learned what have i that's you kind of romanticize the past a little bit i don't i, I wouldn't as say specific, that i romanticize specifically it. go back and listen to some of these podcasts well, that we've done where you're talking about how how much you still would like to be 20 and in college who the fuck wouldn't like to still be 20 and in college come on i dude. would i would not i would not because i'm a fucking grown-up I think that there's a lot of people that would, and I don't like. I don't sit here and be like, yeah, bitterly shit. unhappy. I'm not bitterly unhappy. unhappy. People would totally love to go back and be in college, but I, I, I was fine in college. I drank too much. I did fine. I like where I'm at now. I'm pretty happy where I'm at now. I would not I, want yeah. to go back. I'm, I'm the I'm, only thing. The only thing I would want to do if I went back to college. If I were like, all right, now I'm, I'm suddenly 20 years old. Yeah, it's like fucking invest in Amazon and right. Apple. I would That's invent about YouTube. it, you know. Yeah, yeah you, you know YouTube, what I mean. I would, right. You know, you know. It's like if I could go back in time, what I'd do is I'd I'd take all the works of Stephen King before they were written and publish them as if I wrote them and fuck him. So you'd be you'd be Deke from Agents of Shield. That's exactly. I'd be Deke from Agents I of Shield. Hate or Deke. I I know everybody hates Deke. <laughs> or I'd be the kid in. Did you you saw the movie yesterday? Yeah. Basically, it's no. a great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's basically yes, about but he the, writes the, the Beatles. Kid. Beatles don't exist. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, they don't exist. And he, but he remembers all the Beatles songs, yeah. so he's writing all he's writing all the Beatles songs. It becomes an international. He's learning the Beatles tabs and memorizing the lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's I love that. That's a good idea. So well, no, I I think I mean I I do I I reflect often. I wouldn't. I I would make the case I don't romanticize it, but I don't care. Fine, if I romanticize it for the sake of argument. Um, but I do reflect and I do reminisce quite a bit. Um, I think part of that is a writer's curse because what you learn helps inform what you write, you know, write sure. what you know and you can only know what you've learned and the whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, I am trying to find ways to write uh, reflective things that aren't obviously reflective, that aren't like one person, you know, that might just be yeah. like, all right, how can I turn this into a fictional thing that is inspired by this reflection? Anyway, um, I get what you're saying. Like living, there's there's a comfort that comes from living outside of our time right now. You go back to the 30s with Perry Mason, yeah. and it's like I love everything's it. fine. And I think that that is, and this is something I've been working on for, for the ape, is about this idea of looking back and why we do it, and how looking back can um, is really beneficial to guiding us. And to our future is giving us vision yeah. for our future. And along those lines, I mean, we're we're in a time period right now culturally where we're what we're doing is we're looking back to find fault. Yeah, you know, and uh, well, to find fault, maybe to find guidance, maybe to find 
Well, no, I mean, to find, no, we're looking to find fault. That is why we say, instead of saying that uh, George Washington, we've talked about this, instead of saying that George Washington was, you know, ostensibly, you know, the father of the country, that he was this farmer who was super charismatic, who managed to fucking... Out of nothing, because the thing about it, if you know anything about George Washington, and we know that, he, that he gave birth to the country by baking it in well, his fallopian in, tubes, in his belly, you yeah. know, in his, in his tummy. tummy. Yeah. No, but the thing, no, the thing about it is, and that's one of the things I think is fascinating about George Washington is this guy was was outmatched in every battle he fought, every battle of the Revolutionary War. He was completely outmatched, and out of nothing but sheer inspiration of his men. And sort of like this fucking only the arrogance that a white man could have, I guess. Well, I think if you um, have nothing to lose, you know, what yeah, do they have? Like, fucking, this was their he thing. He fucking won the Revolutionary War. Yeah. Now, so this is a they major were, figure. They were in Vietnam. We were Vietnam. Yeah, we were this, Afghanistan. Exactly. We were Iraq. This, we were, guy, this guy was a huge hero. Yeah. But now all we want to talk about is that he had slave teeth. You know, and it's like, okay, I, 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 there's nothing wrong with something George W. Bush actually said I thought was kind of interesting at uh, John Lewis's mm-hmm. funeral was that John Lewis saw that if you look back at the country, however flawed the country is, it is a country founded on good and right and nobility and that this grand experiment. And I thought, well, all right, George W. Bush. I mean, I think Obama's eulogy was like fucking on fire well yeah on fucking fire well just about like not obama i'm trying to be nice to everybody and i'm trying to be a comedian this was obama going fuck you donald trump go fuck yourself i mean he was he was pissed and i was like that was pretty good yeah anyway but but that's the thing is uh i read in a study there was a study um from the Berghofer's Genetic Epidemiology Group in Queensland, Australia. Ah, my favorite group. Yeah, my yeah. favorite Australian group. And and this isn't speculative. This is, I mean, this is serious. I mean, they they did this. This was, this was like a ten year study. Um, and what they discovered is that people that scored higher on their on pessimistic values, such as. Uh, finding finding more flaws than uh, like good things about their past. Um, people that were more pessimistic, pretty much across the board, die two years younger than people who score higher on the optimism. That is why you will outlive all of us. You're goddamn right, because I'm the most optimistic motherfucker known to man. Jesus, yeah. Uh, so... I, I'm going to write this piece. I need to finish this piece. Um, and I do think, and it's important. Um, you know, one thing I noticed was when my grandfather was at the, what ended up being the end of his, of his cancer treatments and all that shit. He was watching a, nothing. He was not a big TV guy. He was a reader. Yeah. He was an active guy. He watched some TV, but it was mostly like the news at night, maybe something on the weekends. And then like if sure. the bears are playing and that was kind of it. He was not yeah. a he was not a consumer of television, um, but he also died before like streaming services blew. Anyway, anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was watching wasn't watching contemporary television. He was watching Bonanza and uh, Father Knows Best and all like all, all the shit from the fifties and sixties that yeah. he remembered. Uh, well, and I think 
and I it never, I never asked him about it. But I, my assumption is that there was comfort in those shows because that was a time when he was in his thirties and forties, when his family was young, when he was healthy, when he still had his the majority of his life ahead of him. Yeah, and that gave him comfort and solace, and I think that's why we can find it's escapism. So, but then and why? Comfort, okay, you know. So, answer if that's because I actually think you're right on a lot of levels on there. But then, how does that explain my fascination with watching things from the 1930s that depict the 1930s and the 1940s? Because I wasn't alive then. No, it's, then. it's escapism because it's a different. It's yeah, just, yeah. That, that's all it is. It's just a and, different. And I'm, I'm with you. Like I, I love. Like I, this is a weird thing. I watch the show and. It is, like you said, incredibly written. The casting, the acting, the directing, every, yeah. everything is near perfect. I, yeah, it's, it's a know, pretty goddamn If well I may made. be so bold. But the thing that I look at is I'm, I'm looking at the fashions. Like I'm looking at the yeah. women's, I'm looking at the way that they wear their ties. Yeah, you know, I, like, like, see, see, I, I like, love all that shit. And I also, I love, and maybe this is just where I am a throwback in my own, is I miss... Um, or I don't miss, I just, I crave a certain amount of male stoicism. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like watching Tom, watching, watching Michael Reeves as Perry Mason is, is a good example of that watching like the character who's the least interesting in Perry Mason is John Lithgow because he's so emotional. Matthew Reeves, by the way, not Michael. But, oh, Matthew, yeah. Matthew Reeves. Yeah. Uh, but because he's so emotional. The reason Perry Mason is such an interesting character is that he's gone through this horror, he's gone through World War One, and there is a certain amount of, of really, I find very attractive male stoicism. I watched Greyhound and Tom Hanks holds it in there. Fucking everybody in every World War II movie is this is how a man behaves. He behaves with yeah. a certain amount of rational stoicism and that that's what an adult man should be. And I I, I, I really I really find that quite appealing. Well, I would like to be more I don't, like that. I don't think it's just the men in that in, in at, at least in, in that time, or at least in the show, I think that um, what's her name, uh, uh, Della Street. Yeah, yeah, she's you know, she's great. She is she is stoic. Um, but she's lesbian, so she's almost a man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, even Emily gotcha. Dodson, played by uh, you know Gail Rankin, who's from uh, yeah yeah uh, Glow. She plays She Wolf or. Uh, Whatever yeah, the, the she wolf plays character. the wolf, Wolfenstein. Yeah, the wolf. yeah, yeah, whatever that girl. Uh, Wolfenstein. She's great. She's, she's great. amazing. But even she, who's lost her baby, who's lost her husband, yeah. who the, she's very like even the, the moments where people where people can be, lashing out and hysterical, like they are still there's I a feel lack of that reserved. Yeah, and or and, and there's something I pair to today. Yeah, and there's something I find extremely appealing to that sort of concept of how you're supposed to behave in the world, which is not to walk around and and basically treat the whole fucking world as your goddamn therapist. Yeah, just well, keep it to Emily, your fucking self. Emily Suck it Dodson up. reacts to her child being murdered the same way that uh, that Arizona woman reacts to a fucking mass display in Target. Yeah, you know, and yeah. that's not okay. Here's the thing about Perry Mason. When I turned, because I've been meaning to watch it, I've been meaning to watch it, and I finally well, let, like. Let's let's go into six things because okay. we're both going to say Perry Mason so that we can talk about that. Right. So let's, yeah, all right. All right. We just... all right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. Six things. Here we go. All right, my first thing is, uh, it's a listen. Um, listen to the new album by the Chicks. Oh yeah, yeah. 
It's called Gaslighter. It is, man, it's a fucking burner. There, it's it's your typical uh, typical. That sounds negative. Yeah. Um, your, it's it's the harmonies and the the punk pop yeah. country attitude you expect from the chicks. Um, but it gets really specific on a lot of songs, which is I just I fucking love these women. Okay, and I think it's, that they are more punk than the punk bands oh, operating no. today. I I completely agree <laughs> with you, and I'm going to change my first thing because my because you just reminded me of something. Um, my first thing is uh, listen to Taylor Swift's folklore. Okay, I I've wasn't never going been, to, but all right. I mean, the thing about it is I've never been the greatest. Like, I mean, Taylor Swift is just kind of bubblegum pop. It's breakup pop. She's got a great voice. She's a good songwriter, but the songs are like, oh, that's kind of fun and it's sort of like a background noise. This goddamn folklore album is, in my opinion, now granted, I'm not a you know teenage girl, right? But right. this is one of the best fucking albums um, I've heard in a very long time of okay. any kind. This is some just, I mean, there's a song called Exile that is so fucking simple, and it's with she and uh, Bon Iver. Uh, nice. yeah, I don't like Bon Iver, but okay. I don't either. I don't either. But I mean, I'm not a big fan. But this duet, I'm listening to it, and I'm thinking, God damn it, it's very simple, but it's really beautiful. And by the time they get to the end of it, I'm fucking openly crying. It really got Jesus. me. Jesus. Okay. I mean, and, I, and I didn't expect it. I was like, and I would just kind of listen to like, oh, I, I read a, an article about how Taylor Swift did something really cool and, and different. Like she's getting going for a different sound. Yeah. So I thought, oh, let's see what's on there. Sure. And I pulled up the YouTube and I mean, it really, fu- so I bought the fucking album and it is a fantastic okay. album. That's so. a fucking recommendation. Cause yeah, I was yeah. like, yeah, I'll, I'll get, I'll get around to it, but no, yeah. it's, it's yeah. totally okay. worth your time. It All is right. gorgeous. That'll be my fall asleep to tonight. Yep. Cool. All right. My next thing is, uh, let's move that down. My next thing is a listen. (laughs) Uh, It's an episode of Fresh Air that aired uh, today at the time of this recording today, uh, Thursday, July 30th. Um, The episode is called The Legacy of White Supremacy in American Christianity. Oh, yeah. I heard this. Holy shit. What fun. Oh, it's what a joy. What a joy. And it's, it's not, I don't, I mean, for most of, <laughs> certainly our it's listeners. It's all about the Southern Baptist Church. Yeah, it's not a big surprise. Like, I don't think there's any, like, what the what moments, but it's it's a fun little depressing. <laughs> one of the things, well, one of the things that I noticed that they completely missed in that that piece, I mean, you, know, you can't cover everything. Yeah. Because um, to me, they, they tackled some of the most obvious kind of uh, white supremacy. Yeah. What so few people know you know where prisons came from, right? Um, a mommy's tummy? No, they came from the Quakers. The reason they're called penitentiaries is it's a place for you to be penitent. And they were there. They were created. The Quakers created prisons as a response to get rid of open, like, Hangings and losing your hand and or or just or just or just like stocks and that kind of stuff and it's like anybody and that and what they did is they created something much worse because if you and I if all of a sudden you know we broke the law they said okay David we're gonna give you a choice you can get five years in prison or we can give you the Spanish Inquisition style whipping in Mm -hmm. public what do you five lashes what do you what are you gonna say. 
I'm fucking taking a five fucking lashes. I don't want to spend five fucking years in prison. I'll take the lashes. You know, we've actually come Everybody back to would. The, we, we've gone... So the Quakers took us away from public shaming. And, and now we're back and to we've public got prisons, shaming. And now we have but, prisons and public shaming. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And prisons are the most racist... Like, talk about like an example of how to kind of cement white supremacy in this yeah. country. Yeah. Prisons are the are the are the ultimate expression of white supremacy and in my we opinion. Have, and we have we have Ronald Reagan, uh, George George Bush and uh yeah. and Bill Clinton to thank for that. To thank for that, yeah, with the honest. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. what was your second thing again? Oh, that listen was, to the white Christian. The yeah. yeah. So my third thing right. Oh, no, well, let me say my, your second thing. Yeah. My second thing is uh, I want you to, uh, and it's worth the money. It's worth paying for on a streaming service. Watch Palm Springs. Okay. What's Palm Springs? Palm, I'm not. Palm Springs is, now I can't think of the guy's name. Um, he's the guy in the Lonely Island from Saturday Night Live. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, God. God. Fred Armisen? No. Will Ferrell. Hold on. No, hold on. Joe Piscopo. God damn you. Hold John on. Belushi. It's, uh, what's his, I can see, now I see his face. And Andy Samberg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, the thing about it is, no, this is a much darker, snottier uh, take on Groundhog Day. It is fucking awesome because it's not just him. It's based, and I don't want to. That's the thing. It's so good. It is such a fun ride. It is such a great movie. Is basically, it's sort of like if if uh, if Bill Murray in Groundhog Day had been there for a thousand years. He'd been on that same day for a thousand years. It never broke, and then all of a sudden he had he accidentally brings somebody from that day that he has known for a thousand days. Or years or whatever it is, yeah, brings her into his world, and Wh- she's where stuck is this with streaming? him. Where, where can I purchase this? Um, you can get it on Hulu. Yeah, you get okay. it, you can it's streaming on Hulu, or you can oh, actually okay. or you can buy it. You can buy it on uh, iTunes okay. um, or or uh, Amazon Prime. But it's it's okay. super. It's it's tremendously entertaining, and uh, I love that. All right. Uh, quick side note, I was watching, you know, SNL is running reruns over the summer, of course, and we have shit recording on the DVR, um, cause we still pay for fucking cable and an SNL recorded and I was like folding laundry and I ran out of shit to watch and I was like, oh, let's just see which SNL, like maybe there's some old fun shit to watch. And it was, it was one from 2003 with Queen Latifah, she hosted and I wasn't watching SNL at that time, yeah. at least on purpose. Cause I just didn't think it was any good. I was like, ah, let's give it a go and... I don't even know who the cast was then, yeah. This was when... This was three years into Tina Fey's um, tenure as head writer. I love Tina Fey. I think that the majority of what she's done is great. I think she's extremely intelligent and extremely talented. I think that her time as head writer was some of SNL's worst shit. And I know that I'm in the minority here. But I watched the first hour of that episode. Don, I didn't laugh once. I didn't even chuckle or smile once. Yeah, I know. Nothing was even fucking cute. It was... And I don't get it, because, like, she left and made 30 Rock, like, a year later, and 30 Rock is fucking gold from start to finish. It's pretty funny. Almost every single... Like, every two seconds is gold. Yeah. What the fuck? Anyway, I just... I, I can't... 
I, and I, I need to like read a think piece on it or like write a think piece. I don't know. It, write a think piece about it. What's your third thing? I know what your third thing is. It's my third thing too. Should we say it together? Yes. On the count of three. One, two. Perry, Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Perry Mason. Okay, we can't even get the three done. Perry yeah, Mason. Perry Mason. Yeah, watch one, it. One, two, three. Pe- okay. There's literally Perry one Mason. more episode. Oh. One more episode I coming. Oh, I'm cap- so depressed. And it happened. <laughs> and it happened last night. I mean, if this recording drops oh, on Monday, it's rec- going to happen. It's yes. Sunday night. Yeah. But the thing to be happy about is they've already greenlit a season two. So right. Yeah. So. This. I mean, this show is so fucking oh, good. So what, I, what I was starting to say is I, I'd been meaning to watch it because I love Matthew Reese, loved him in the Americans. In the Americans. Yeah. Um. You know, the show. I, I love John Lithgow. I love. Um, yeah. I love the casting, and. I love the promos. I'm like, yeah, I need to watch this. And I just, I, I never hit the DVR recording. I never got to it. So I got into it five seasons or five episodes in. Episode the, five is the one that makes you just like at the end of uh, it, you shit. Yeah. You shit your pants. You're like, yes. The, but that opening, like the, the beginning of the first episode. Oh God. Cause it, it, it's a, it's a, ba- a, a baby's murder. Yeah. And that's, that's what kicks this whole thing off. And, there's a level of grotesqueness to it, and yeah. I almost had to turn it off and give up wow. on it right away because I couldn't. Because my like, I don't think I would have had this problem three years ago. Yeah, but now you have a, a child, and it's so much easier for me to. Because like, of course, a ch- a baby being a baby being murdered and having its fuck it, its eyes stitched open. Spoilers. Is a horrible, horrible thing. It, whether you're a parent or not, that's a horrible fucking thing. But when you can automatically, like, because I can remember Harry at that age and how easy yeah. it would be to fucking kill him and stitch his eyes open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, even now I'm getting, like, chills and almost tears. Like, it's so fucking disturbing. But I was like, David, it's pretend. Harry's eyes are fine. Yeah. Uh, let's get through this shit. And thank fucking the dark lord that i have because it's so good oh i love his relationship with the native american uh pilot well she's mexican but are you sure she's mexican i'm 99.9 percent sure she's mexican she has a mexican accent she's a mexican actress Oh, I guess you're right. I just, I, I'm for some reason, I'm pretty sure she speaks the Mexican I, language to him. At well, all right, maybe you're right. I just thought she, she just looks Native American to me. I don't know why. She just she's got that stoicism well, to it. Mexican, I really like Native her. American fallopian tubes. Whatever. You know, she's she's one of my ovaries, favorite characters in it. I love that relationship. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love the the one scene you've seen where they're fucking and she's literally jamming him down in it like into the crevice between knocking, the mattress she just and fucking knocks him off the fucking bed and he's just like he's got his face, his face mashed into like, the uh, thing is this she's over? fucking yeah. the shit out of him I love I love in the that. last episode in episodes I think it was episode seven where she's like I liked you when you were I liked you more when you were a bum when you were a loser a loser is that what it is yeah whatever, yeah whatever, yeah whatever yeah. It is. yeah cause like he's now he's gone from a private he's cleaned to an up attorney and, and he's oh. a little bit straightened up now it's just uh, it's so I mean, good you, it's you, so you good. don't you don't like John Lithgow in it or no I did love John you, Lithgow yeah but in terms of the character the character himself was he's he's absolutely essential but he's so openly um at the end of his rope. He's done. He's so he's done, he's yeah. So, he's so and he's so desperate and cloying and Well I think that's know. that's 
That's why it has to happen. I mean, right. it's absolutely because perfect. What we don't the way see because you could do a yeah a a prequel, you know, an yeah, origin yeah. story of of Eb of Lipko's yeah, character. He's a great character. And you could see him being a strong, committed yeah. attorney because they they but sprinkle that so, in that he's he's just he's gotten old and tired and, and or maybe dementia. And, maybe there's yeah, dementia maybe happening. Some of that, whatever. Yeah, but it's uh, I, I mean, he has he had some mm. great moments. Some great moments for him too because I love John Lithgow. I love John Lithgow, but, and I love that his son uh, Nathan Lithgow. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't know if the, what his name is, but uh, he actually plays, plays his, his son. son. The, yeah, and I was like, that's yeah. his kid. Yeah, that's, there's some little things kid. like that is, is, are yeah. kind of fun. Um, All right, so we recommend wholeheartedly that everybody watch Perry Mason, and that is the Ape Cast. Thanks for listening, and babies come from fallopian tummies. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Ape Cast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.